Hey yo, back at it again with the white vans. I just saw on Instagram it said like that video was 15 years ago and there is no possible way. Or else I'm just losing my mind. But 15 years ago was 2005 and that was barely MySpace, right? I don't even know, man. Yeah, there's no way. The back at it again with the white vans. Because that went viral, and things going viral in 2005 was not what it means today. I've also not checked the internet at all. Just to, I saw that and was like, mm, I don't know, and like was thinking about it super hard. What I could, I could have just Googled it. I guess I could. I'm just gonna assume that I'm correct. That's the this is, folks. If there's anything you get out of this, just assume that you're right, no matter what. And then you're right. I think that's how it works. That's wisdom. Just pretend that you're right. Conclusion. Negatory. That is never the way to conclude whether or not you know something. In fact, if you've been following this podcast, that is quite the opposite. Really, the conclusion is assume that there's a chance that you're wrong. And the chance is, I don't want to say more than likely, but assume that you never know something fully. And be seeking the process of understanding truth. Bam! We are at the point where we're talking about understanding. So uh, if you've been following, if you haven't been following, you're in like episode, what, four or five of this, and you should probably start from the beginning. So it's curiosity. So this is the process. Start with being curious. Expand your knowledge and skills. It starts with, and the key to your ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skills, one, genetic nature, but also nurture and your desire to do that. And I'm arguing that the desire to know is the key to, I mean, in the end, I guess it's the argument that curiosity is the key to an interesting life. Your ability, your intellectual ability will improve with curiosity, which makes, I would say, opens up the door for things for you, right? Because you're able to process information. You're able to understand things better, which will then mean that your decisions in life will improve And also, it will make things interesting. Like, as I said before, you could wake up and just see birds flying by and like, oh, birds. Or you could be like, hold up, like, what's going on here? And take the time to actually think about it, which makes life more interesting. Then you have to add in objectivity, as in be seeking capital T truth, be able to distinguish between capital T truth and your personal truth, or aka your opinion, and assume that a lot of things are far more complicated than you would like to understand and it's difficult to know the entire truth and be okay with that, right? Embrace disequilibrium. We're now at the point where we should be talking about or we will be talking about understanding. So while I was in grad school, 
for a master's in teaching and curriculum, which might not sound interesting, but it is, I think, fairly interesting. Obviously, I'm biased because I'm a teacher, but it's applying theory of like, how do you teach someone something? And then like, how do we, let's say we want to teach someone entire curriculum, right? Like chemistry, like how do we develop that curriculum where by the end we know I can confirm that I had 25 minds in this room, they're leaving understanding chemistry. Then the question that's brought up in grad school, what does it mean to learn? Because if we are trying to teach kids chemistry and by the end we need to gauge whether or not they understand chemistry, what does it mean for them to understand chemistry? Like how do we know that something's been understood enough? Because as you're going to see, and I think as any teacher would acknowledge, understanding comes in levels. So the essential question, shout out to all teachers, the essential question of this podcast, this is going to be a two-part series. I realized as I was planning it out, I don't want to force things and just get real basic. I want to actually dive in. So this episode is going to be talking about learning and understanding things and like what's actually going on in your brain. We're not going to get crazy into neuroscience because I like I understand some neuroscience. I'm not a I don't have a incredible understanding or a higher level understanding of neuroscience. I just know generally some theories as to what's going on in your brain as you're learning. So this episode is going to be what's going on in your brain when you're acquiring new information. Then the next episode is going to be how can we apply theory to actually understanding things and one, improving the efficiency in your learning and then two, making it more interesting and then ideally get to the point where you are creating because that should be, I guess, the goal rather than just a basic understanding. So rather than what kind of bird is that or what is that red bird? It is why is the bird red and then like how... What else can I get from that in understanding the world and like creating your own thoughts? If that doesn't interest you, well, I guess I don't really know why you're this far in the podcast series. So I just went on a tangent, but it happens as you may have already figured out, may have already figured out. But the essential question is, how do we know that we understand something? And something could be anything. It could be a skill or it could be content. So let's say like civil war. How do we know that we understand the civil war? That would be something that you'd ask yourself like, okay, do I understand this fully? As it, you might never ask yourself that and you might leave this and be like, I don't really want to think about that. As a teacher, we have to think about that, right? I got a class of 25 people, humans coming in here. All their brains are different. They all have different intellectual abilities. They all learn differently they all have different background knowledge of whatever topic it is for this it's civil war and i need to by the end of whatever time i've gone through hopefully hope that they have learned and understand the civil war now as i said before that comes in levels they could just remember a bunch of random facts about the civil war and like does that mean they understand it they can explain the civil war and what it was about does that mean they understand it like what level am i requiring and then the teacher's job is what do I need to do from point A to point B to have them understand the Civil War? So, grad school question, what does it mean to learn? And it's not like the philosophical, how do we know that we're right? Um, but rather, it's when is something learned or understood? So, I went from not knowing anything about blank cars to... At what point do I know that I've learned about cars and like what is going on in my brain? Because 
Here's why I think we're talking about this. Well, this is why I think it should be talked about because I'm talking about it. If you can think about that process of like what's going on in my brain, then you can understand it better and then you can apply it to actually learning and you be- you can become more efficient. Right? If you understand what's going on in your brain while you're learning, you can apply it to learning. And that's so obvious. And we're seeking understanding. So we should be thinking about how do we get to the highest level of understanding or how can we reduce time and effort that it takes to understand something. Cars, civil war, the banjo, yourself. So we need to talk about your brain, my brain, our brain, human brains. Um, our brains are constantly experiencing and processing about, like this isn't the literal number, but approximately 11 billion bits of information per second. So at any time going on, and this obviously varies, like if you're driving, that's different from just sitting and watching TV, but about 11 million bits of information are being presented in front of your brain and you And we acknowledge approximately 50 of those pieces of information. And by acknowledge, I mean like look at it, focus on it, think about it, and like try to process it. So 11 million bits of information are happening all around you per second. You're focusing on 50. And again, like that makes sense, I think, because your peripherals, your your peripherals kind of represent this, right? You are potentially focusing on something. I'm looking at a wall, okay? But constantly there are peripherals all around me and like things that are in my vision, but I'm not focusing on it. They're still there. Now, now that I've mentioned your peripherals, like you might be focusing on your peripherals and your brain has switched and is focusing on that, but you are constantly receiving different uh, stimuli. So vision, sound, touch, taste, your senses, right? you are when you're experiencing new stimuli and stimuli is any piece of information so it could be how something feels that's rough that's smooth a smell a taste vision you look at something new it's difficult to understand it but when you experience new stimuli it requires more effort until it's processed or understood where you can smell something or look at something and say okay that's that think of a child walking around That's why they have to ask, like, what is that? Why is that? They're trying to make sense of and, like, process things around them. Now, let's say a door. I don't need to take a whole lot of time at all with the door. Initially, there was a process. What is that process? Uh, There is, this isn't the end-all, be-all, but this is something that we can use. The information processing theory. The information processing theory says that If you're going to understand something, first it requires your attention. So your attention is however you're receiving the input. So I can be looking at the door. I'm just using a door as an example because I'm looking at one right now. So I am looking at the door. I could be touching the door. That is my attention. That's me receiving the input. All that these senses are going into my brain. Perception is then me making sense of what I'm experiencing. So visually looking at it, touching it, I, my brain is like describing it like, okay, that seems like it's wood. Uh, it seems kind of smooth, right? It smells. I don't really know if it has a smell, but I'm then perceiving whatever information is in front of me. It's the same. It's everything. 
you're always doing it really. When you come across something new, it just requires more time to perceive it. Now, while I'm making sense of the input, it is going into my what's called working memory. And that's my my immediate perception. So what is it? That's just working memory. So it also formally kind of known as short-term memory, not kind of, formally known as short-term memory. So something is put in front of me. As I'm perceiving it, that's my working memory. So like my brain is focusing on that. If it is worth it and worth the time and the effort and also the um, value of knowing that information, as in I'm consistently experiencing this thing or this is something I need to know, you are more likely to take whatever's in your working memory and then put it into what's called your long-term memory. Now, the process of putting or taking something from your working memory and putting it into your long-term memory is called encoding. Think of it like saving a file into your hard drive. You experience something, it gets your attention, you look at it, you're like, what is that? You're trying to make sense of it, you're perceiving it. If it's worth it, you're going to put it into your long-term memory. Why? Because it might come up later. Why do we need to do that? Because think about how annoying life would be if we were always experiencing something for the first time. We wouldn't survive. We need to know what berries, or we needed to know, I guess we don't really need to know now unless you're in that specific situation. We needed to know what berries were poisonous. We needed to know which animals were friendly or not. It would be stupid if we were constantly like walking around and like you see a line like, okay, that's, let me just pay attention to this for a bit. Now I got to make sense of this. Okay. It seems like it has sharp teeth. It also seems as if it's running very fast and then you're dead. You should be able to, after you grow up being told about lions and you see a lion once and you see what lions do, you see a lion, you're like, that's a lion, got to bounce. So things enter into our long-term memory if they're worth the time and the effort and the consistency. So encoding is putting information into your brain. That is done by elaborating on the information. So you can experience it and you can perceive it and you can try to encode it. But if you can't elaborate that information, it's not going to stay into your long-term memory which like think cramming and studying, if you are just like real quickly, okay, I got to look at this list and memorize it and like, okay, blah, 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 and like go through. And you might even like 30 seconds later be able to repeat the list. An hour later, it's going to be difficult for you to go back through the list. Why? Because your process of elaborating on the information was very poor. It's just trying to memorize a list. And that's very difficult to do. Some more than others. For me, I am terrible at that it immediately leaves my brain because I'm then just off thinking about something else that I don't even really want to be thinking about, but I am. So this is the bread and butter right here, folks, elaborating on information. This is the teacher's job. There are a whole bunch of teaching methods on how to elaborate in the process of understanding and making sense of something and keeping it into your long-term memory. Now, I have an example of elaborating on information. Okay. You wake up, don't close your eyes in case you're driving. And also, as I've said before in another podcast, I feel like it's kind of lame when someone's like, close your eyes and envision. But you wake up, you walk downstairs and you smell something. You ask yourself, what's that smell? You are paying attention to 
that smell, right? It's entered into your nostrils. That's attention. And then when you say like, what is that? You're trying to perceive and make sense of it. You smell pancakes because you've had pancakes before, but there's a new smell. So multiple smells going on. One is you smell like, oh, that's pancakes. That's in your long-term memory. You perceive the information, pancakes. I know the smell of pancakes, but there's something else. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to make sense of it and perceive it. You go downstairs like, yo, what is that? And whoever's like, yo, it's bacon. I'm like, whoa, I like that smell. Maybe you don't, but in this situation you do. You see the bacon. You're going to walk up. You're like, okay, that's what bacon looks like. You're going to taste the bacon. You might even be experiencing an emotional response to bacon. Usually it's positive. What you're doing right there is you are currently encoding the information. As in perceiving different pieces of information and trying to put it into your long-term memory. You are also elaborating on the information and there's ways to go about elaborating on the information and how you can get to the point where you will remember bacon and put in your long-term memory where it's like, it's now in your plethora of knowledge. How do we do that? First is you repeat experiences with bacon. How can you elaborate better with bacon? You have bacon more than once. Obvious. Experience more bacon. Because what you're doing is initially you got that new sense of smell. You saw it for the first time. You tasted it. You even like felt the greasy texture. You had that emotional response. That's all your working memory. But if you just did that once, like you might, if in case like bacon's really good, you're going to remember the bacon for a while, but eventually you're going to forget about it. Like I was about to say, think about something you had once and then forgot about unless it was like a really intense experience and you made it a connection with something, um, you're probably going to forget it. So how do we encode or elaborate and ensure that bacon's going to stay in our long-term memory? Experience it more than once. Describe the bacon. And like literally, and this is all hypothetical, but bacon's just the example. You will elaborate and remember bacon and understand it better and ensure that's going to stay in your long-term memory. One, if you repeat the experience and you repeat your interactions and the process of perceiving it. Two, describe it. The smell, the taste, the touch, preferably out loud or written down. If you go through, like just take 30 seconds and talk to someone about the bacon, you're more than likely, because what you're doing is in your brain, you're going through the process of understanding it. But like when you have to say to someone else or when you're writing it down, you are forcing yourself to go through elaborating on it. You can say like, all right. And like in your brain, you could say like, all right, it's this, 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 and just like describe it to yourself. But when you have to do it in front of someone else, you are first, you got to think and then you got to talk, right? So you're like, you are just forcing yourself through that. So bacon's the example. Think about anything, whatever you're experiencing, try to experience it multiple times. Try to describe it, make sense of it and like put it into words. Another way to elaborate is to make a connection. You're like, all right, bacon seems to go with pancakes. The more that you can connect bacon to things you already know, the more likely you are to remember and understand bacon. It's like, okay, 
Bacon goes with pancakes. Uh, it's kind of like a sausage. It might even be a replacement for sausage. More of like a breakfast thing. At least, and this is all cultural because you can have breakfast for dinner. Doesn't matter. But you're making connections. All right. I remember when I smelled pancakes, I also smelled bacon. So I understand pancakes. I'm going to try to connect bacon to pancakes. And they do go together fairly well, especially with some maple syrup on them. Mmm. Now, let's think of school. It was easy, and in regard, this is the regards to the connection thing. It was easier to remember a piece of information when you have visual support. So, like, uh, the teacher could be just lecturing and talking, and if they didn't have any like slides, even and slides are like the most basic thing. But like a teacher, if they're just talking. It's difficult to, and let's say they're talking about like trying to describe a car to you, like okay, and like you're trying to make sense of it. But when they have a picture to go with it, that's connecting information. So you're connecting the visual information with the legitimate information. So you can then visualize it. And if you're able to visualize it, you're more able to remember bacon or the car or the piece of a car. If you can make the connections of the taste and the smell and the vision, you're more likely to remember the bacon. And that is true for almost everything. Every new piece of information, the more you can experience it, if you can describe it, out loud or write it down you don't have to like that's a door you don't have to do that but things you're learning about try to explain and talk it through to someone else as you're experiencing it like when you learn about something next time you're with a friend try to talk about it to them it's going to challenge your ability to describe it and if you can like as you're describing you're like i really like i don't understand this well enough i sound stupid that means you have to think about it more and thinking about it more it means you're elaborating on it more and you're putting it deeper into your memory. Visual support. Obviously, if you can get your hands on it, if you can experience it, think about if you're learning about a car, what better way to keep it in your long-term memory and elaborate on that information than to get inside of a car? Obviously, a lot of students, they're like, I like hands-on stuff. Like, of course. But then there's the whole budgeting thing and taxpayers and all that for the most part hands-on experiences are the best why because you have to touch it you're looking at it you might even smell it like you are experiencing it that is increasing your experience with something and elaborating on it the key is when trying to learn something and first just understand what it is it's more than just looking at it or being told what it is. You need to elaborate. You need to do things that's going to ensure that it's going to stay in your memory. Firsthand experience is obviously great. Talking about it is also key. Making connections to other things, key. I'm not getting into like all the methods of teaching because, well, I'm, I will, but like right now, we're just talking about trying to understand something. A lot of the methods is like me trying to have a group of people go through it. We're going to talk about like ways to try to ensure that you're going to elaborate information individually. We'll worry about that. A lot of what I'm talking about right now is simply us just remembering something. Briefly, we're going to get into Bloom's taxonomy and remembering is the most basic level of understanding. And I would argue as a teacher, 
who's passionate about teaching and thinking, I would say that remembering something doesn't necessarily mean you understand it. In fact, in Bloom's Taxonomy, understanding is the next level. If you remember that guy, Piaget, he had that thing of equilibrium and disequilibrium. I feel like I always have a difficult time saying disequilibrium right after I say equilibrium. Then I say disequilibrium. In disequilibrium, we construct a narrative or understanding of our surrounding environment. So that's the, you perceive things, you try to make sense of it. Um, you put it in, according to Piaget, you put it into a scheme or a category. So I used before like furry four-legged creature is a dog. Um, and when you're younger, everything that's furry and with four legs is a dog until you experience something that's not a dog and, and adults like, no, that's a cat. So... When you get put into disequilibrium, as in you perceive something, try to make sense of it, and you don't understand it, you're now in disequilibrium, and you have to try to you're trying to put it into a category. Um, you either, according to Piaget, you assimilate, so you put new information into a pre-existing pre-existing scheme or category, or you accommodate, and that's you create a new category or scheme. So like dog versus cat, family member versus non-family member. This is potentially the next step. You are taking something, you are perceiving it, you're trying to make sense of it, you're elaborating on the information to make more sense of it. And then let's say like bacon, you put bacon into, oh, it's in a breakfast category or it's more, it goes with this, right? That's what we do naturally. You see something, when you don't understand it, you are in disequilibrium. And as I said in the previous podcast, we need to embrace this, this, there we go. We need to embrace disequilibrium. Assimilating is putting whatever you are now experiencing into a category you already understand. Furry four-legged creatures, dogs. You could, and this is what people tend to do, or not tend to do, but people do, and it's wrong. You could see a cat and just, you're now in disequilibrium. Like, that doesn't look like the other dogs I've seen. But you could like, ah, screw it, and just assimilate and just put that cat into the dog category, and you're wrong. You need, or should have, accommodated that and create a new category okay now there's cats and there's dogs you do it with family members and non-family members you do it with a lot of things good and like then it gets really deep like good bad whatever else so as i said before right now this episode is just kind of breaking down what's happening so what is happening is new sensories or input is entering into your brain. You are trying to make sense of it in your working memory. If it's worth remembering and understanding, you're trying to put it in your long-term memory. How do you do that? That's elaborating. How do you ensure that you will remember something and then the next step is understand it? You experience it multiple times, you describe it, you make connections, and by experiencing, it's more—it's ideally like touching, smelling, whatever else. Oh, I didn't say, but yeah, this episode's brought to you by coffee. I am having another coffee of the day. Shame. As you experience new information, you can understand something. Maybe, but you can say like, okay, I now know what it is. 
you see something you're like what is that it's a cardinal you put it into either a pre-existing scheme or category or you need to um accommodate and create a new category your categories as we get older our categories for the world increase and because the world is incredibly complicated like for even dogs you could break down dogs into breeds and like there are subcategories within categories right so we are constantly creating new categories and we should be and we like that's the part of like seeking truth don't put a cat into the dog now that is you've gotten to essentially once you're creating the categories you are at level two of Bloom's Taxonomy. So Bloom's Taxonomy has six levels. And this is really what I was saying before about the house, if you recall. And this is in the Curiosity episode. And there are doors in the house and you can expra- expand... Acr- wow. You can expand along the horizontal plane. And that's like opening up doors and you can even go outside and spreading out and like seeing new things, right? And you are constantly bring attention to things, perceiving it, putting it in your memory. And so you can say like, that's that. Bloom's taxonomy is a representation of the vertical plane. And I was saying like the door on the ceiling. And that is your ability to acquire information and to think about things and then make sense of the world and start to make connections. That is the vertical. So we're, ta- we're talking about like, what does it mean to learn something? Bloom's levels are, you remember it, level one. Level two is you understand it. Level three is applying it. Level four is analyzing it. Level five is evaluating it. And level six is creating. So like the highest level of understanding something is creating. I'm going to argue that is far more fulfilling when we get to the point where we're creating than other things. But in order to create, You need to understand it. In order to understand it, you need to remember it. I'm going to get way deeper into Bloom's Taxonomy next week. Um, That is really like the basis. So we're going to apply Bloom's Taxonomy with ramen noodles. But we're going to be thinking about going through the process of getting to the point where you're you're doing more than that's a red bird, for instance. You're getting to the point where like, you're evaluating it, you're thinking about it, you're creating new ideas about blank. But back to the house example, the horizontal plane is remembering and understanding something. So you're walking around the house, you go outside, you're broadening your horizons, and you're frequently asking yourself, what is that? Where is it? But when you like look like, what is that? You're trying to make sense. You're like, okay, that's a door. And then you ask yourself, like, what's on the other side? You go outside, like, what's that? That's a bench. You go, keep going, and you're seeing new things, and you're identifying what it is, and then you understand, like, okay, that's a door. It's meant to be open, so you can go to the next room. The next step in the horizontal, or no, sorry, the vertical plane is take an object and ask yourself, how did this object come to be? How does it work? Why does it exist? What makes it what it is? Um, Why is it where it is? And this is the point, and hopefully... This I understand. Like this is a fairly uh, basic. This is like content, right? I'm 
giving you information just to think about. Next week, we're going to be applying it. But this is the point. I think that for the most part, we have stopped exploring both horizontally and vertically. You have a vertical understanding of things that are relevant to your normal life, as in like things that require you to know more than just like what something is. You have to understand like how it works. Why does that happen? Like, And a lot of it's for work. Whatever you do for work, like you have to just have a more than a basic understanding of something. And you can like if some like a client calls and like you need to be the master of it. And I put master in quotations. But a lot of a lot of us only like the things we experience in our day to day lives. And that's why I said like we are just living within two rooms. Right. We kind of stopped exploring. And I'm hoping that this this podcast series, one, we're expanding like outside of the rooms and we're going outside and we're becoming more curious, but also that like the quantity and quality of our content is, uh, sorry, of our understanding is increasing. As in, once you figure out what your brain is doing and you understand what is happening in your brain as you are acquiring new knowledge or skills, you can become more efficient and effective in acquiring new content and skills. And like that is intelligence, right? I'm arguing that we can improve our process of understanding and hopefully get to the point where we are not just consuming. And when I mean consuming, that's like, this is what it is. And like, even getting to the point of like ramen noodles is what I'm going to use next week. You could get to the point where you're buying ramen noodles and like evaluating when you go out to eat, like I'm going to get ramen and you're like, you're a connoisseur of ramen. You're like, Oh, like this is a good ramen because blank, blah, 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 blah. And boring the people at your table. But we're getting to the point where we are creating thoughts and things and creating doesn't mean it's not like the artistic always it can be but it's not like always building something it can be the mental journey as well like you're creating thoughts on it we want to get to the point when i say we like that those who wonder thing we want to get to the point where we're not just consuming knowledge we're creating thoughts coming up with ideas that you didn't just read in a book and like reading in a book like philosophical scientific whatever and like to create a scientific thought is difficult because it requires a lot of money but it's not just you're not just listening to what experts say about blank or you're not reading a book written by Rousseau and like developing political or just taking what he said about politics, but you are creating your own thoughts on politics. And in order to properly create, you need to understand. And that's what we're trying to get at right now. But there's way more to learning than just getting to the point of like understanding it. Understanding it is essentially just describing it. 
that's essentially in the example that I've used before, that's just saying, oh, that's a red bird, that's a cardinal, and then moving on. That's different than seeing the red bird saying, that's a cardinal. And then you ask yourself, like, why is it red? Learn about it. And then the next time you see a red bird or you see a yellow bird, like, oh, once you figured out, like, oh, that's a goldfinch, you've already gone through the process of thinking about, like, why the cardinal is red. So then you have a better understanding of the yellow bird. Now, the yellow bird, like, doesn't improve your ability to survive. You might not be interested in the yellow bird. That's not the point. I think you'll come to learn, and we'll, we'll talk more about this when we get to the wisdom episode. If you can learn why the cardinal's red, you now have a better better understanding about the universe and reality and capital T truth. And you will find, and this is the creating part too, you will find there's a connection between why a cardinal's red to a lot of things in life. To a lot to why things are the way they are. It's the way, and we're trying to get to understanding the way. And curious people are the ones who are looking around and just doing more than asking, what is that? They're like, if you look at Bloom's taxonomy, like even evaluating, something's put in front of you. You could be like, oh, that's what it is, and just move on. Or you could... And if you're going to evaluate, you have to be able to analyze it. So that's why there's steps to it. But you break it down and then like, is this good? Is this bad? How do I feel about it? Is it a good version of blank or is this a bad example for blank? Like a car. You're evaluating the car. You're evaluating a politician. So you're doing more than just like, oh, this is what this person thinks. You are then applying that information, like breaking it down and then saying like, all right, uh, do they do a good job of this, right? Like, and this is the levels of understanding that we should be like working up towards. Ideally, like we should be living in analyzing, evaluating, and creating like for most things in life. I know I said before that you put things in your long-term memory when it's like, when it's worth the time, the effort, and the consistency in your life. We obviously don't have to be evaluating every, like when I walk up to a door, I don't have to be like, is this a good door? Now, if I want to make life a little bit more interesting, I could see the door. I'm like, yes, that is indeed a functioning door. I should be able to decide if it's not functioning, like what's required for a door to function. Seems basic. Now I could ask myself, do I like the color of the door? Like, what do I think about the color scheme? So like, I didn't paint this room that I'm in. I could see it. I'm like, and I'm, I'm about right now I'm evaluating like, okay, the room is like a very sky blue, like light blue. The door is white. I'm like, all right. What do I think about that? Create some thoughts. Like, oh, maybe rather than white, like if it was sky blue, like maybe maroon. Like, mm, actually, I don't know. Like I'm going through the hypothetical of these colors. Again, doesn't increase the likelihood of my survival. You could argue it's pointless, but it does make life more interesting. 
and I'm I'm giving input on my surroundings. I'm not just consuming. I'm putting a voice on things. Now, there's a fine line between me just thinking things and it's like a fun mental game to then like me tweeting my thoughts because I think that people think that my thoughts are important. They're not for a lot of things. But while like you're driving or like walking through town, look at a house. Just rather than like, oh, that's what it is. Think about like, mm, you know what like you know what look really cool? And like give input. You know what'd be really nice, actually, if there was like a gazebo right here. And obviously gazebos cost money, all hypothetical stuff, but like you are saying, like, mm, this is nice, this is beautiful. It could go with this. And like add thoughts to it. And I might have completely lost you. Think about things that interest you. I don't know what that is. I'm just saying, like, I'm just looking outside and, like, looking at things. Think about, like, your backyard if you have one. How can you create? Add a little bit of taste and flavor into life. Um, for next week, because as I said before, we will be getting deeper into blooms, which is creating, and I'm going to make an argument. Life is better when we're creating and not just consuming. We don't have to create for everything, but it's going to be application. So application of blooms taxonomy, essentially. Um, and I'm going to be giving you a teacher's perspective on encoding and elaborating information. So when you experience something and like, as I said, this episode, this week was, it's fairly basic. Like I was talking about a door and you're elaborating on door or bacon. Like that's easy. But how about someone who is like, I want to get better at the banjo or jujitsu or painting or cooking or whatever it is you want to get better at or I want to learn more about politics or I want to learn more about the climate or like whatever what are from a teacher's perspective what is the most effective and efficient process of learning and then the question brings up how do we know that we understand something or how do we know that something has been learned? I am a, not a master because it, as we'll learn, it's going to get very deep, but I am experienced in testing people's knowledge or skills via rubrics, via rubrics and other things. But I am experienced at evaluating where you at in your knowledge of blank. Obviously, if like I'm testing someone's knowledge on like I have to have a general understanding of it. So like I don't think someone could be like, all right, go into this biology class and test their knowledge because like I don't know enough about biology. But I do know that I could go into a biology class and like I can't tell you necessarily like the specific content if it's right or wrong, but I could ask them a question and based on their response, I'd be like they have a decent understanding of it. And what am I going to ask them? What is it? Why is it? And then I'm going to ask them to make connections. 
Can they articulate it? So, a teacher's perspective on the process of understanding things. So this is all application. Testing yourself on things. And how to approach learning something new, knowledge or skill. So your homework is going to be, think about what it is you actually want to learn. Let's go with both knowledge and skill. What knowledge do you want to acquire? What skill do you want to acquire? For me, I'll start. I want to learn Spanish. So I'm going to talk you through exactly how I'm going about trying to teach myself Spanish. A Spanish teacher would probably be better, but as you already know, you can't just hire a tutor for every single thing you want to learn. But what it is, what is it content-wise or knowledge-wise that you want to learn? I'll give you a week to think about it. And then what skills or hobbies would you like to learn? Fly fishing, the guitar. Mine is, and I would say this is a skill, yoga. Uh, I don't really care about the banjo right now. I'm, I'm not really going to learn the banjo for a good bit. I got too many things going on with music. But what skills do you want to acquire? Hobby, cooking. That's a big one. So we're going to go into next week thinking about and talking about how do we approach this, like how do we start and then what are steps to test your understanding? Starts with curiosity. It starts and then you add on objectivity. Be very realistic about where you are at throughout the process. Don't just lie to yourself and, like, and tell yourself you know way more than you do or you're way better than you are. Be quite objective through the process. It will lead to true understanding and then we'll get into wisdom. Which... I would argue is the goal. All right, folks. Uh, this was a different podcast. It's a little bit shorter. It was a general intro. Next week's application. So if you are still listening, I genuinely appreciate it. This is, by the way, this is me going through the process as well. I'm like, all this stuff that I have been talking about, I'm create right now I'm creating. It's testing my understanding of learning and thinking. I'm just a heads up. I'm going through understanding wisdom. Like this whole process for me was thinking about wisdom and analyzing wisdom and evaluating, I guess, things that lead to wisdom or take away from wisdom and then creating a comprehensive process to getting towards that boom bloom's taxonomy applied to this podcast so your homework think about what knowledge do you want to acquire what skills do you want to acquire two skills i find focus on that what hobbies do you want to do 
What do you want to get better at? All right, that's it, folks. And that's class right as the bell rings. Peace. Christian.